Welcome to GameWoven, a collaborative storytelling collective building a world one game at a time. This week, we will be playing Kingdom by Ben Robbins. If you like what we do here and want to get involved, follow us on Twitter at GameWoven, where you can join our Discord, and check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash GameWoven. Welcome to Game Woven. We're back, and this week we're going to be playing Kingdom. If you remember our last game, we played Hearts of Magic and ended with a lot of fireworks. And now we have left the peninsula of Shadal's Corridor, where the kingdoms of Shaumer and Ernet are located, in a state of severe turmoil. To determine the outcome of that turmoil, we're going to play a round of Kingdom. To clarify, if you didn't recognize the name Shadow's Corridor, we came up with it five minutes ago. Yes, we just we decided, yes. oh, we should probably name this peninsula. <laughs> Are we going to name the river today? No. Probably not. No. Never. This recent development is brought to you by Fantasy Name Generators, the only way I can name anything. We did change some of the letters around, though. There was a Y in it. There isn't. Hey, when I name things, I always use random syllables that come to mind. That's why your first prompt was, what, what was it? I, I think it was Galpo. Galpo. Oh, Galpo. Galpo or something weird. <laughs> what do you mean? You don't want to name a place Blinkist? <laughs> I do. Just not this place. <laughs> That's where the bridge went. Kingdom is a GMless, diceless world building game by Ben Robbins. And here is. The intro. What is a kingdom? Kingdoms are all around us. Groups are stronger than individuals. In a kingdom, we can work together to do great things. But we may not agree what path our kingdom should take or what it should stand for. Can your vision of the kingdom work with mine? Can everybody get what they want? Because if you're part of a kingdom, it makes demands on you too. You're pressured to do what it thinks is right. The question becomes, do you change the kingdom or does the kingdom change you? We make our kingdom together and watch it burn. The game is about seeing what happens to the kingdom and the people in it, how the characters change the kingdom and how it changes them. As players, we all have equal authority to influence the story. It's up to each of us to push the kingdom in directions we find interesting. What will our kingdom do? What will it become? Will it stay true to its ideals, our ideals? Or will we burn it to the ground? The kingdom's fate is in our hands. Or vines, if you swing that way. Yeah, it's a pretty sick intro. I love that. That's that's fantastic. Really good. Also, we have already almost burned it to the ground, so... We, have, we did nearly destroy it, so let's see if we can make things worse. And whose fault was that? All One thing that I like about the layout of this book is that it is laid out to be read like page by page by page. And as you're reading it, you're learning the game. I'm muted and I've been making clips. <laughs> so what we're going to do is we're just going to go and we will start play once we reach the start play point. Actual play. Yeah, we are actually playing Kingdom. You heard it here first. So these first ones are actually kind of easy since we've already done a ton of setup for this. So step one, what is your kingdom? Brainstorm a concept for your kingdom. What I like about this is that it opens up like options. It doesn't have to be a kingdom. It can just be any group of people that have a shared identity. So concept, it can be any community or any group of people with a common cause or shared identity. Give your kingdom a name. We have that. It's the Shadal Peninsula, but more specifically the uh, nations of Ernet and Shamir. And the baronies, which, what, what were the baronies, Zad? Okay, so uh, just to, to give people an idea of what the Shadal Peninsula looks like, 
it is where the river that flows through Zalo actually flows into the sea. There's a big river delta there. It was very fertile land. There's still water running through. I know that there's a dam, a magical dam that is, boy, weird stuff we should think about. <laughs> but <laughs> oh, is, is the dam gone at this point? I don't remember. No, it's, not, it's still there. It's still there. It's still there. Still there. The river's still flowing. It's for it's far enough south that like other tributaries have flown in or have fed into the river. Yeah. It just lost its main source of water. Yeah, so there's the peninsula kind of like chunking off of the bottom of the continent. Most of the southern part has, for the last while, been all uh, part of Shaomir. Everything to the west of the river is old Shaomir, kind of traditional Shaomir. The bits that are along the coast to the right is what we've been calling the Stormtooth. The Stormtooth is a fairly lawless uh, area that was at one point ruled by Ernet, and then Shaomir scooped it up sometime after the river stopped flowing. It's full of pirates. That's where Captain Hallowell was from, and mm -hmm. potential for some politics there. And then Ernet yeah. is further to the north, where there is jungle, tropical forests, and it's got the stinkies. It's, yeah, that's where it stinks. With the yep. Yep. Thank you, Dylan. The, <laughs> it, it's called the Shadal Corridor because it's a peninsula to the west and the east of the river that we haven't named yet and may never. Mm -hmm. Nope. That's the kingdom that we're going to be dealing with. In addition, the other big thing is that the Undying Empire has come in and, and, and more or less occupied with attempts to annex. But that is what we're about to transition to. So step one is what is your kingdom? That was easy. Step two, threats. Brainstorm three threats to the kingdom. These don't necessarily need to come up, but these are things people in the kingdom are worried about. They endanger the status quo. A mix of internal and external problems is bad. Threats are only a starting point. They get everyone on the same page about what the kingdom is concerned about when the game begins. And they can give you ideas for trouble to introduce during play, but they may not be the problems you wind up confronting. They may be fears that never materialize. So what we're going to do is we are going to write down the three threats in the shared Google Doc. What are the three threats to the Shadal Corridor? I mean, um, annexation by the Undying so, Empire. That's the big one, yeah, yeah. That's the big one. I feel like, aside from the cost of moving the ley line, there might be other unexpected consequences of moving the ley line. I was kind of yeah. thinking that too. Magical yeah, the... instability? Magical instability. Ooh. Also, anything that might be drawn towards that kind of energy. We might have taken that away from something that wants it back. To clarify for anyone who, if for some reason this is your first episode, or if you've forgotten, in our previous stretch of episodes, we established there's like a new like magical ley line shenanigans going on in Xiaomir. Everything's fucky. No one's having a good time. Super fucky. Well, the witches are having a great time when they're not yeah. in prison. Yeah, when they're not in prison, they're revolting, and we love a good revolt. Yeah. All of those prisons exploded in the epilogue, and so the witches have been having a great time. Which is actually, like, that was what I was thinking would be one of the threats, is the tension... I don't want to say witch hunt. Unrest? No. On the contrary, we know exactly where the witches are, and the reason that they can't uh -huh. have witch hunts is because the witch hunters go into those parts of town and then the witches kill them because they own those parts of town. So, like, yeah, my thought was one of the threats... Yeah, <laughs> one of the threats is there is the potential for a civil war witch between... Cells. Yeah, between the various cells of witches who may or may not be getting along. And so, essentially, the witch covens and the lords and ladies from the Hearts of Magic game, there's a lot of tension there. I'll add another level of tension. I think maybe there might, because Irene and Blythe shared maybe two words before Irene teleported back to her castle. Yep. Now, obviously Blythe did it for good things, but there. I wonder if there's also tension between Ernette and Shomer. Yeah. At the very least, yeah. their leaders are having issues and people might be like... Yeah, well, and also while... The Undying Empire 
did gain some bit of control over Shalmir at the end mm -hmm. of Hearts of Magic, Ernette's worse right now yeah. because yeah. Ernette was basically fully handed over. Yeah. Circum went back to Ernette. If Blythe were to show up in a, uh, in Ernette, she would be arrested as an imposter. She's dead. That's that's the Imperial Dogma. Yeah. Uh, it's like... She's pulling up and trying to take her country back. Yep. Yes. So. Yep. So we've got our three threats. We have the Undying Empire. We have Magical Instability. That's a great one. And we have, I, I, I put Threat of Civil War because we've got the Witches, Shalmer, and Ernette, and there's tension. I feel like the Instability and Civil War are kind of the same thing. Yeah, one of them is is not, is, is like people made, but like Magical Instability might be a problem whether or not there's a war. Fair. Yeah, yeah. there's like wild magic, and there's like yeah. maybe things that are, yeah. Yeah, I got it. Just in my head, like part of this war is partially due to that. So, like, it, it, it kind of connected in my head. Oh, like, absolutely. Oh, okay, I like that. I love that. The ley line moving in was always an opportunity that is within the text of Hearts of Magic. So, yes, you are one hundred percent correct. And it's Maeve's fault. Yeah, Faye. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> now, step three: location. Each player describes a location in the kingdom, some place where characters are likely to be found and to interact. Players can go in any order after each player has made one. Each player goes again and makes a second one. Locations flesh out your physical kingdom and give you places to roleplay later on. Give them names that people in the kingdom would use so that your characters can talk about them. You can even draw a map of your kingdom and show all your locations. So we're going to end up with eight locations, but let's all do each of us pick just like one spot. It can be as vague or as specific as you'd like. And if we want, like, pop, people can pop in with clarifying questions and stuff. Hmm. I'm going to make on the Stormtooth, which is the eastern peninsula, on the southern end of it, so in the Stormtooth Baronies, which, to be clear, is not yet independent because Captain Hallowell wasn't able to seal that deal. Yeah, it's like effectively independent, but like on like on paper, no, it's not. It runs itself, but it's still nominally under Shamiri rule. So one of the one of the major places is called Haggard Point. It's Haggard Point. Oh, Haggard Point, so called because it's uh, you, uh the end or like the second to last stop on a lot of long trade convoys where mm -hmm. you kind of fix your ship up before the final push. Mm. So it's kind of the seat of the Stormtooth Barons. It's like the biggest port on that peninsula other than Ernet. Okay, what's its big notable landmark feature? Because every one of these places has like one, because like before shipyards and like really good navigation tools, people would, you know, you would navigate by the stars and landmarks. So it's like, oh yeah, stop at the big fucking rock that looks like a dragon's head or whatever. Like, what's the landmark that marks this place? I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say, a inactive volcano, like a like a long <laughs> inactive. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, let's go. Cool. cool, 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 cool. Now, is this Chekhov's inactive volcano <laughs> or? No, like this is this is this is a. Local legend has it that the heart of the volcano was killed by the people who settled in the in settled the town thousands and thousands of years ago. By Theodosius Haggard. Holy fucking oh my god. Alright, someone make a note. We need to do that session. Theodosius Haggard and Haggard's heroes. So I'm now imagining a group of magma pirates who exist to just like <laughs> maintain that volcano. Um, I don't know if we Maybe. can do anything with that. Oh, but yeah, Brie, that'd be perfect for God Killer. Yeah, that's just in my head now. There might be another game to do that with, but my first thought is um, God Killer. Yeah, for real. Okay. The Volcano Druid Pirates or whatever. All hey. right, we've got Haggard Point. Next point. Next, er, location of interest where people gather. Mm -hmm. I've got one. It is the, I'm going to call it the Grand Kraken Theater or the ruins of the Grand Kraken Theater. That was where the climax of the hearts of magic like uh, game took place mm. that theater was the grand kraken obviously shut down about a decade and a half ago and now it's like 
partially burnt, so the roof is gone, and there's still a little bit of, like, some of the balconies are intact or some of the box seating, but it's now this, like, open-air amphitheater in the shipping district that has become something of a meeting place for the witch covens. Love it. Mm. That kicks the ass. So there's the Ramsey's family manor, and then there's where most of the Ramsey family stuff actually would happen on the opposite side of town in one of, in an area where like all the buildings mostly look the same. One of those is actually a sort of safe house. Mmm. With everything going on, Lena has made sure before she had to like disappear in GTFO. It is a neutral place, and it is a safe place, and it is possibly a place where she told Irene, if things get dangerous, here is how you get there. Okay. All right. So we've got the Ramsey family safe house. Love that. That's great. Yeah. It's very well protected. How do you find it? Uh With the very distinct landmark. Thank you. It's built around an inactive volcano. <laughs> also, you go to the suburbs and you look for the inactive volcano. My thought would be you just have to be invited, right? That feels like a very Ramsey. If you have an invitation, you'll know how to find it. Yeah. If you're in need. As you're walking by, you'll, like, you'll just notice there's something in one of the windows. Yeah, there's like a glamour on it. You would never notice the house unless you had the invitation. I love that. That is so cool. Because Lena's thing is packed magic, as we said, right? She has like a standing deal with the citizens of Shamir. She made that contract or whatever, right? <laughs> and finding it is part of a contract she's made. That's cool. The fact that it requires an invitation, I think, is very contracty. Like, you mm -hmm. have to have the piece of paper. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or it doesn't even have to be a piece of paper, per se. It's just something that she gives you. Mm -hmm. Somebody who is part of the family has to give you something with the, like, expressed intent that this is an invitation. Otherwise, you can't find it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It just looks like cool. every other house mm -hmm. in the in the... I don't. I, I keep calling them suburbs. I know that's not what it is. But <laughs> oh, it's basically you know, it's a, a suburbs. Yeah. That was it's what I was picturing. Very funny gated community. You know, like <laughs> it's it's where like the not the old money, but the new money. Okay. <laughs> Got it. I have a silly idea for Bassburg my landmark. Bassburg two. No, no Bassburg three. <laughs> Bassburg three. This is the third Bassberg. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, Bree made a, Bree already made Bassberg too. So, thought I had because we've been talking about Stormtooth, right? My brain was like, okay, Stormtooth, pirates. What's a cool water animal? I like hermit crabs. So anyway, there's Ernetti resistance to the Undying Empire. They have a base where they gather together um, to like form a group to fight back and like kill them out. And the landmark uh, is the fact that it's mobile because there are giant hermit crabs that live on the coast of Ernet. And they've built a base like inside the shell to hide in plain sight, just to travel along with this, this hermit crab. And the way that you can tell which hermit crab is the base is that that hermit crab is albino. Oh my god! <laughs> Those hermit crabs? Base. Cool. <laughs> what if the one that's the base, it's not an actual hermit crab, it's just a mech that looks like a hermit crab, like a magic mech. No, I like just like yeah, burrowing into the shell yeah. of a hermit crab. <laughs> it's a I, big hermit yeah. crab. What they do is, because these things live around here, people just build structures that they will use as shells because they still because they still hermit crabs they like oh, move and they get new shells yeah. they could just build them shells they'll build a structure and be like hey i'm just gonna wait for hermit crab to pick this up now it's mobile because <laughs> otherwise you would need to have like enormous conks 
to yeah, yeah. create the shells that the hermit crab, the big hermit crabs would, which. Yeah, yeah it but. used to be the hermit crabs would just keep growing till they just had no shells to protect themselves. And then they'd get hunted down. And then the people of our net were like, hey, we can help you out. And so it's like a symbiotic relationship with the people who live on the coast of Burnett. So we got capybaras and giant hermit crabs. <laughs> yeah. I, like, this place is a, a, a need. Love this place. They're not like kaijus who run around destroying villages either. Like, they're pretty peaceful. It could be kaijus. They're just not. They're chill. They, like, live in the forest and, like, they, like, pretty naturally... They don't destroy the ecosystem, I think. They're like a natural part of it. Well, because like when one dies, that's like a whale fall. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Where that, that feeds the ecosystem for like half a year kind of deal. Uh, are they are they herbivores? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I feel like omnivores might be. True. Maybe not. All herbivores are secretly willing to eat a meat now and again. Mm. Once in a blue moon as a treat. They're probably like, what, what's it the kind of like where they have to eat like a ton of food and it doesn't mm-hmm. always get fully digested? Yeah, yeah. yeah, like a brontosaurus kind of deal. Yeah. Oh, I love the giant hermit crabs. Oh my God, I want one. My question is, how do they feel about eating vampires? I, you know, gives them indigestion. But yeah, I think there's just like a few of these that just exist in the country, but the albino one is where the resistance chills out. And that's how you, that's, if you know what to look for, you know, that's them. Right, because like, just because, like, its shell probably isn't albino, because that's a structure. Mm-hmm. You have to yeah. look at the actual meat. Yeah. Okay. Love that. All right, everyone has done one. So let's go again. So first thing I'm going to do is the classic bad improv thing. If I'm going to throw a prompt at somebody that they're going to have to pick up and make it not my problem. We have been dancing around with the capital of Shramir's named forever. And mm-hmm. now that we, I think now we have to name it. So have fun with that, somebody. Um, we can only name one thing per show. Come on. We just named like three things. Is the capital Shamir the city we were in for Hearts of Magic, yeah. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it is on the ocean. What city in French? Ville de Chau. This is the city of the Chau. And like the whole place became Shamir. V de Chau? Oh, yeah. Yeah, V de Chau. Yeah, I like that. That's better than the random thing that I found just scrolling through country names. And the castle there would be like Chateau. Chateau V de Chau. Well, uh, also Cite de Chau is another one. I'm not French enough. I do I do like V de Chau because yeah, I, could also, I could also see the locals pronouncing it V de Chau. They yeah. just slam everything together. It's, it's just Vidishau. Or Vidishau. Yeah. Or maybe the Ernetians call it Vidishau, and the Shamirians hate that. Maybe. Love it. Okay. Great. Vidishau. Right. Got it. I, I imagine That's... at some point it just became like Veeds. <laughs> <laughs> I'm heading on to Veeds to party, brah. So, anyway, so you threw the prompt out, Rob, but do you have a location? You can't just use the whole city. I do. So. We have our three major cities here of Vidashau, Haggard Point, and Ernet, because as a note, as a reminder, Ernet is basically a city state where this, mm-hmm. the kingdom and capital is are both named Ernet. Now, Shamir has been established as like a trading hub. Haggard Point is like a repair slash just a pirate cove. So I thought I figured Ernet needs something. So Ernet's big thing is underneath the waters of Burnett off the coast. It's very dangerous, but a very like specific kind of like limestone essentially is there. It's an underwater quarry Mm. that's really, really good for making foundations on really bad wet climates like a like, you know, a river delta. So two things we have is they are very big into like like they love war. They're a big fighter gang. Yeah. Um, but they also love agriculture. Fruit gang. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna tweak it. So there is what is thought of as basically a fossilized Leviathan skeleton. 
that makes really good weapon and armor off the coast of Vernet. Okay. Fighting fruit fossils. Got it. <laughs> so that's where like the military history comes from because mm-hmm. somehow some crazy motherfucker was diving off the coast and found this and brought it back and they were like, well, like it's not as strong as steel, but it's probably a lot cheaper to make into weaponry because you don't basically just need a shape. Yeah, I feel like it's lighter. The thing that we have sort of established is um but like we have established like manticores there and we talked about like mm-hmm. big monsters. It kind of feels like in my head, it kind of feels like Burnett is just the Monster Hunter games. <laughs> a little bit. No, I see that in my head too. Yeah. I mean, well, Ernette's whole thing is also for the corridor. Mm-hmm. It's the entry point. Like, it, this is the one safe way. Like, Shamir has basically just pieces out of global politics because Ernette is the one gateway into the whole region. So this makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, it just kind of feels like they spend all the time just growing fruit and fighting monsters. Yeah. I love it. Well, what do you think? What do you fertilize? Uh, uh, right, yeah. I have a question for you, though, Rob. Yeah. I love the, the fossilized Leviathan skeleton that's sick as fuck. Very metal album cover. Uh-huh. Why do people gather there? So I imagine, because there's got, they have to set up like basically like an oil derrick diving station mm. to like gather and bring stuff up. So I imagine that that is a very much like, the only thing is is that line in Hamilton where it's like everything's legal in New Jersey, where it's just like that's where, if it happens on that derrick, there's no guards there, right? It's not. It's basically in international waters. Like you can do anything on that derrick, and and nobody's gonna do shit about it. Yeah, it's effectively okay. like a town on the water meant to just like mine out. Yeah, um, there's like a shanty town there too, like a little one. Yeah, mm-hmm. like like it's not that like there's there's maybe maybe a room for a couple hundred people, maybe. It's Bone Town. But <laughs> it's Bone Town. No, Bone Town's the skeleton retirement community. No, we're gonna do we're gonna do Bone Town one day. I promise that'll be a big episode. Like in Halloween, we'll do Bone Town. And I think they probably just call it the Leviathan. He'll be like, oh yeah, I'm gonna I'm I'm heading out to the Leviathan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, maybe there are some Ernetian warriors that are like, that are like, oh, to pass this trial, you have to dive down and carve out your own piece of the Leviathan to make your weapon. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Oh yeah. Oh, but you have to dive down without the like ring yeah. of water breathing. There's for sure like know? a cult of the Leviathan too. Like there's for sure a cult. Oh my god. Who do you think runs the Leviathan? Yeah, there's for sure a Leviathan cult. Oh, hundred percent. I'm in it. This thing's fossilized. It's been there for a really long time, and they're still getting pieces up because the teeth are still regrowing. Or are they just that ah! many teeth? <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave that up to find out. It could be big enough that they're just getting chunks of tooth. Yeah. It's, oh it's yeah. Fair. Oh no. So like, I'm imagining, I'm imagining that this thing could swallow a city, right? Like that's the mm. scale of Leviathan we're talking. Yeah. Also. For sure, there because the Ernetti, like we like we said. By the way, Ernetti, Ernetian. I've been saying Ernetti. I uh, I don't care what. I'm letting the tension stand. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I because they're all like, like we mentioned, they're a bunch of tough guys who like fruit. So they, I imagine they're like because they, like there's for sure like a hierarchy of like what kind of bone did you get? Oh, I got a chunk of like tail. Also, oh, you didn't go that deep. <laughs> like I got a I got a chunk of tooth. I went down yeah 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 like people brag about where they got that chunk of bone from so we we here at game woven really like making super soldiers i think is what we We really do like that because now we've created like the leviathan cult super soldiers they're not super they're just normal people but they just have dope ass weapons yeah there's dudes with cool 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 gear like this like we haven't i don't think there's anything magic about this bone it's just cool (laughs) maybe there is find out all right the leviathan cult thinks there is (laughs) i love the leviathan very fun we need three more oh no we're this is gonna be a long one folks throw out the rule book i have one so to most it just looks just like a sort of manor house so like a or big 
like manor house building about an hour outside of Shaomir. But it's actually like a sort of school or library for magic. In the past, it's mostly been like a thing that only the lords and ladies know about. The people there will let just about anyone in. Mm. But it's just like the lords and ladies try and keep it to themselves, except for probably Lena. Okay, love this. What's this place called? My immediate thought is, is this where the ley line was moved from? Right? Would you not found a magical school on a ley line and then it get, gets moved by a bunch of witches? I feel like the ley line was moved from somewhere like very far away and that's why it took okay. so long. This is like mm-hmm. an hour, like a day's travel out of Chicago. Okay. okay. I, yeah, I had kind of thought sure, somewhere. Sure. I was, that was just where my mind went. Um, the, the Kidria estate? The thing that was going in my head for ley lines in general, which once again, whenever I say anything, just veto. It's cool. Um, I was thinking just like a really like clean lattice work that just like straight 90 degree angles, just like squares across the planet and, and then now there's just, just one like and someone just like kind of like ripped it and made it like ruined the neatness yeah we fucked it up because we made it the shape of that uh that rock yeah the fulgurite we did establish that the ley lines already looked like fulgurite we just used that to change where one of the branch offs went ah okay I mean just thinking back to the quest game B's character is from a, a, a magical city that's known for its neutrality, which is a lot of why that character wound up being absolutely insane. It would be very funny mm. to, whenever we get to wherever that is, their, like, great work, the project that they've been doing is <clears throat> just, they're just trying to align the ley lines. They just want to have a very simple, very clean, <laughs> very nice pattern. And some motherfuckers Perfect. somewhere a long ways from here fucked it up. <laughs> fucking with fucking them up. <laughs> That's very good. Noted. They've dispatched their finest agent who's got a glitter spider in his pocket. So now we need one from Zad and one from Lep. Okay. Do you have any ideas, Zad? Just because I think it's 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 going to be useful to have it on there. The castle at Vitaschau. Yeah, I mean, we do need to have that. Yeah. Yeah. That's the official seat of power. That's where the laws get written. It's the place where you go when you you need to talk to Irene. <laughs> and that's probably also going to be where Blythe is staying. So. Yeah. Maybe. Or maybe. maybe. It, it's a question of whether or not she's in Shamir or if she's internet leading the resistance. Right. Just hanging out on a crab. Yeah. <laughs> and Lex, you're the final location. Fuck. So we're mostly talking about the people who are affected by the Undying Empire, right? But there's for sure people from the Empire who live here now, some of which have nothing to do with the military. They're just like, they kind of just moved in, gentrifying the place, you know? Right? Is that a, does that what makes sense? Does that make sure. sense to anyone? Yeah, sure. If you say it, it happens. Yeah. Makes sense I mean, to I me. don't know that I don't I personally don't know the time frame for gentrification of a of a I mean, maybe it's not like fully gentrified, but like it, the process can be started for yeah. sure. So people wanting to not be close to the capital is trying to like get away without being obvious that they're trying to get away. Right. So because they like fully have her net at this point, there's somewhere that they've made the Empire seat of power internet, which could be the capital, like the like the capital like building, like the, the castle. Or it could be somewhere else. I'm thinking that might be a thing, maybe, but also I feel like that might be taking too much attention away from the kingdom idea. Uh, there could be, I'm imagining, on the eastern side of Ernet, near the border with the Undying Empire, where Imperial citizens have begun to already move in, occupy, and sort of undying empireify that place mm-hmm. over the course of however many years there's probably a neighborhood there's probably a district yeah that they've uh, they've formed a small enclave i hate that yes <laughs> we should do that because because that hates it they're yeah. they're founding new newer net and eventually it's going to be short to nerds so but we will call it newer net for now 
Uh, well, but yeah, so, so yeah, going back to our Wait, no, when they do that, they don't name it after the place they're moving to. They name it after the place where they were from. So like New York is from York. I mean, yeah. So they would name it after an undying empire, an, an, an imperial city. I know, nerd's very funny. So what I was thinking was in this new place, the, because like we talked about Ernette, fighty boys. Since they fight so much, there's probably a lot of orphans. So there's like, not a military school, but like, they like collect the orphans whose parents were killed by all those monsters they fight and go like, hey man, we're gonna help you out. But also, you're gonna work for the military probably. Oh, the British did this too. Good. Like there, there was an academy for all the like orphan kids of like the monster slayers internet. And that's around the place where the Undying Empire started their thing. Oh, this is troublingly fucked up. But yeah, I'm in, I'm in. Mm -hmm. I think that's the landmark. Okay. I have a possible pitch for the name. What if the name is also comes partially from whoever helped take it out so it could be New Surrey? Oh, Circum Surrey would totally name a neighborhood after him. Oh, don't fuck yourself, Surrey. (laughs) (laughs) I imagine the original name was like Something's Orchard. Yeah. And then the Undying Empire. Surrey's Orchard? Surrey Square is what came to my head. If this is an interesting tact to take, the Undying Empire, when they moved in and basically implemented the plan that Blythe's Mm -hmm. parents had that she killed them over, part of their thing, because they were able to get the Scroll of Lineage of Deeds Mm -hmm. and just kind of walk into town with it, so their contention, the thing that they have said, is that, oh, Blythe is dead. So this is the Queen Blythe, what was the family name? Memorial. The Queen Blythe Memorial Orchard, home for wayward youths. Perfect. No, that's so good. Her last name was Dustbreaker. Okay. Mm-hmm. So. The Dustbreaker Memorial. No, Dustbreaker. A raker. Dust Raker Memorial Plaza. <laughs> Perfect. But the locals is called the something orchard or just the orchard. Right. Okay, cool. All right, we have our locations. Beautiful. So our locations are Haggard Point, the Grand Kraken Theater, the Ramsey Family Safe House, an albino giant hermit crab where the resistance hides, a fossilized leviathan skeleton outside of Ernette with a, uh, uh, like a, a, a derrick on it called the Leviathan. A secret school of magic, Kidrea Estate. We've got Vidashao Palace, of course, and then an academy for orphan children, the Dustraker Memorial Orchard. And those are our locations. Those are good locations. We like those locations. There is a people section here which is what kind of people would be part of this kingdom. And we brainstorm a list of character ideas and we can make specific folks. You're supposed to make three times as many as there are players. So we would need to make 12 possible people in this kingdom. We're probably fine. We've, we're all playing really established characters in an established city. So we'll just bring folks in as we go. In addition, You might have noticed that I'm not really contributing much other than just keeping the game going. I'm just being the facilitator for this. The other four are the players, just to keep things moving and keep everything straight. However, if you want to introduce a side character to a scene, I can step in and play that person. So if you're like, oh, there's a blacksmith here, or there's a friendly cat that can talk, like whatever, just, yeah, I'll I'll do that. I can do that. Unless you want someone else to do it. Like just, I'm I'm a free agent. So we'll probably skip that just for time's sake, let's go into making our characters. Each player now creates a main character they will use to explore the fate of the kingdom. Afterward, each player will create a minor character who are also part of the kingdom, but who will provide some supporting cast. So what we're gonna do is each character will have a role. There are three roles to describe your character's place in the kingdom. And this is this is hugely important. This is the big stuff right here. Your role is either power. You have authority over the kingdom. You decide what the kingdom does and what it doesn't do. Perspective. 
You understand the kingdom, both its merits and flaws. You can foresee the consequences of the decisions that the kingdom make. And the touchstone. You reflect the desires of the people of the kingdom. Your attitudes show us what the populace wants and how they are reacting to what is happening. More than one person can have the same role, and some roles might not be taken at all. Note your role on your sheet. And then we pick a character concept, which I think we've all kind of done. I think everyone's kind of walked into this with a character already ready from previously established lore. Rob, who will you be playing and what is that character's role? I'm going to play someone who has been established, but hasn't been played yet, actually. I was going to play Admiral Jack of the Stormtooth Baronies. Oh, okay. So you're not playing Captain Halloway. No, I, I thought that Hallowell, Captain Hallowell, um, <laughs> because Captain Hallowell may or may not be enthralled to Blythe, or at the very least is indebted to Blythe. Okay. So they might be my side character, but we'll get there. You're playing Admiral Jack. Admiral Jack, who I am going to say is going to be a touchstone. Okay. Admiral Jack is in touch with the pulse of the kingdom. Zad, who are you playing? I am going to be playing Hedbit Lamium. He's back in town after a long walk south. And yeah, I'm going to be starting off as a touchstone. I don't expect to stay okay. a touchstone, but I will be starting as a touchstone. Roles, roles can change and definitely will. Yes. So whatever you're at, you're not stuck with it. There's mechanics for hopping around with roll. Lex, who will you be playing? Oh, I'm going to be our girl Blythe. Woo! Miss Dustraker herself. Definitely a power. Well, no, she's trying to become a power again. Would, would, we, would we still count her as one? So my thought would be maybe perspective. I think she'd be a power. Yeah, I think either would work. Rob makes a good point. She's going from perspective, trying to get power back. Mm -hmm. uh, I guess for the sake of not doing that, just start her for power. I don't know. I don't know how complicated it is to switch. I like her as starting as a power because I think that it's not going to be a huge challenge for her to show up and be like, I didn't die. That's fair. I mean, there is already a giant hermit crab of resistance, so that actually does make more sense. And Bree. I will be playing Irene, the recently returned queen of Shaomir, who has sent a couple people with an apology to go collect Blythe, because the teleport was not exactly her intention, but she is a power, and she's been given a bit of perspective recently, but yeah, she's going to try and remain a power for Shaomir. Okay, so we've got two powers and two touchstones and no perspectives, which means we're going to do great. We're kind of flying blind here. It's fine. We don't, we don't need them. We'll finish up this, but I just want to explain it. The way the roles work is when we're hitting a decision point, the touchstone is able to communicate how the people feel about which, which way the wind should blow, okay? And whatever the touchstone says, goes. If there's multiple touchstones, there's like a standoff thing mechanic, okay? The perspective, whatever they're doing, they are the ones who will say what is going to be the outcome of a decision. So they're going to predict the future, and whatever they say the outcome is going to be is the outcome. And then finally, the power is the one that makes the choice. And whatever they say goes. Now, there are ways for main characters to challenge each other or to attempt to fix problems or that kind of thing. That'll be handled when we get to it. But if you do want to seize a role from somebody or attempt to fix or mitigate a problem, then you are welcome to do so. There's mechanics for it. And then for the minor characters about to do, do they get a vote at all or are they just... No, they're just hanging. Cool, okay. So we don't need to assign a role to like our minor characters. No, you don't need to assign a role to your minor characters. They're just there. What the function of minor characters are is, let's say there's a scene with two majors, but then the other two people want to participate. You might put a minor character in there and so that everyone at the table can can hang out in every scene. Then, so I, I wrote down two characters and I had a minor character that I brought as a perspective, right? Okay. I might bring him in instead of Blythe, and Blythe is just a minor character, right? Interesting. Okay. Okay. So I I like the idea of having someone who was like a 
brand new graduate from the Dust Raker Memorial Orphan. Oh. He's like 18. Normally he would have been like initiate like he would have been on his way to the Leviathan to do his thing. Mm. But then the whole thing with the Undying Empire happened, and he's like he's just like a normal citizen doing like he's the normal he's he's the the what's the word? POV. Yeah, he's a POV like It's the audience surrogate character. Yeah. Okay. I kinda like this. And he's sort of gotten thrown into the middle of the resistance or um i think it like yeah he's like he's like he's like he's a young kid who's observing all this stuff happen and okay. he's weirdly per- perceptive yeah i was about to say are you going to be the perspective yeah he's a perspective okay okay i'm into this yeah and we can just have queen blythe in there but she's not i think we've kind of established that her her place right now is a bit murky mm-hmm. okay yeah I'm into it. What's this uh, young man's name? Tristan. Ah, mm, Tristan, that's a damn fine name. Someone who knows the meaning of Blythe will find this funny. And also who knows the meaning of Tristan. Oh. Don't worry about it. (laughs) Does he wear like a military uniform? I guess like I'm picturing him in like a military coat with like a stiff kind of thick collar. I mean, that's book one, Tristan, for sure. Well, right? see, here's the thing. Ernette isn't that, isn't that, isn't that big into, uh, like... Uniformity. Yeah. So they probably don't have, like, too much of a uniform. Like, just, just enough that you can tell that they're one of the guys. It's probably just badges, right? Like... Mm-hmm. It's more practical than, like, just blues yeah, way more practical, and, like, yeah. very for- and all the formality. It's more I'm imagining, practical. like, a low-level Final Fantasy protagonist. We've got baggy yeah. pants. We've got tunic. <laughs> we've got the, the belt sash. You know what I'm saying? The, the, the belt sash that goes from, like, the top of your hips to above your belly button? Mm-hmm. If this were an RPG, Tristan would be the main character and Bly is the future party member. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, yeah. I'm into it. I'm into it. Right, I'm in, cool. I like. I love Tristan. This is great. Okay. And uh, the thing that we will get to explore is like, how much does he get to be part of Ernette now that the Ur- Empire's there? Like, like how much of, of his identity as a citizen of Ernette is getting like consumed by the Undying Empire? Yeah, and how his, how will his perspective, which is desperately needed, mm-hmm. put him in positions where he's with these very powerful and important people. Yeah. I yeah. think that'll be cool. I think, I think that's, I love this. I love that so much. Okay. We have established that Irene does tend to adopt people who she knows will challenge her and have good points on things. That's part of why she adopted Henbit. Mm-hmm. You don't care that I'm queen. You'll call me out of my shit. I need mm. friends like you. All right. So we are going to pick locations. Each of you is going to pick two what it is. Look at the list of locations and pick two places where your character would be found. Say what you do in these locations or why you picked them. Basically what you're doing is you're telling the other players that these are places to have a scene with your character. So each of you will pick two. I'm going to encourage you you can pick one that you made, but then you should definitely pick another one that you didn't make. So Admiral Jack, definitely Haggard Point for obvious reasons. And then definitely, I'm going to say the uh, Grand Kraken Theater. Okay. Henbit is definitely frequently putting in appearances at the Grand Kraken. Where do you think that he would go hang in Ernette? Do you think he'd be over at Leviathan, or do you think he'd actually be in the Hermit Crab? I guess, Lex, that's a good question for you. Would, would Henbit be welcome? Would Blythe let Henbit come and hang out in the... Blythe has met Henbit, so that would remove, like, a lot of the, like, stranger... Uh, what's a stranger danger? Stranger danger! Yeah, uh, that's yeah, not the yeah. world looking for. Stranger mistrust. Mistrust of the unknown. I feel like if she knows, Henbit could, like, hold themselves. If, if she her. She, she him, right? Yeah, she, yeah she, she him. She him. Yes. Okay. If uh, she can, like, hold her own, then they're welcome. Okay. If you betray them, you know, arrow to the heart. Oh, 
Yep. And then you'll okay. never betray Blythe again. Yeah. There's some mistakes you only make once. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So then I am going to be in the albino giant hermit crab. Okay. So for Tristan, while you were gone, Ben, we named the town Septimum. Septimum? Okay. Which love is it. just Latin for seven? Because I'm just going, I think this is the seventh place they've conquered since like the new calendar I they made. I feel like they would do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's like the mm -hmm. first place and every place they conquered, just number it. Just counting trophies. So I think Tristan is from Septimum. So mm -hmm. that's where you can find him. And I think because the secret school of magic seems interesting, maybe he's there because maybe he literally sees the future. Oh! <laughs> Precog. Let's go! We made the perspective where he can predict the future and there's a magic school, so I'm like, yeah, maybe he just... Maybe you did an internship or like a summer exchange there. Uh, so the thought I had was any scenes in Septimum are earlier in the timeline. Anything in the secret school is later in the timeline. Ah! Okay. <laughs> For him, anyway. Yeah. I've definitely had in my mind that Lena, she she can't like for sure see the future, but occasionally she'll see like something will happen and she'll see a possibility based off of the thing that happened. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Okay. She sees percentages. <laughs> odds yeah. of things happening. That's, that's why she's just like, okay, given this current situation, most likely outcome. So it's it's not perfect. All right, Bree, where is Irene? She has to be at the palace because that's yeah. her seat of power. So mm -hmm. I only really get to choose one. That's a given. She she has to be there because she is the power. But um... It just means that we're doing our job right because everything feels intuitive. Yeah. And I feel like the other place that you can usually find, and I'm torn between the theater in the safe house. So let's do the theater because you didn't make up the theater. Yeah, so she she goes to the, to the theater because I feel like Le Lena would have suggested that and Irene now understands more about magic. So she's she also knows the coven. The covens are her best bet at kicking the empire out of her home. Yeah, it worked. Okay. Also, I like that a lot of us hang out at the theater. <laughs> it's a happening place. Mm -hmm. All right, now we are going to do. This is the last thing. I think it's the last. Hold on. Yeah, last, it's last thing for our last thing. Yeah. Oh no, second to last thing. There's a, there's another thing. We do bonds. Describe your connection to the character to your left. I will. I'll just assign people. Yeah. Say what you need from them and what makes the relationship difficult. Discuss it with the other player to make sure. It works for them. All right, so Rob, what is your connection to Henbit? I think it'd be spicy. I don't know what the word, a good name for it is, but Admiral Jack is a former Vertree. Like, the, the vines are dead and gone. Like, it's just scars now. Verdront? <laughs> <laughs> like, maybe fallow, like, yeah. fallowed. People call them, like, the fallowkin among Vertrine society. Yeah. And generally, that either has to be a near-death experience or an intentional cut-off. Like, something really bad has to happen in most Vertrine. I like the idea that most Vertrine would rather die than become be a fallowkin. Right. Right? Yeah. It's a fate worse than death. Just to, to even, like, put some, put some spin on it. It's called fallow because there's a possibility of reconciliation. You just kind of have mm -hmm. to want it. Whereas, like, it's describing the same condition. But if you were, like, exiled from the community, you would have been salted. You would have become <laughs> one of the salted. Uh, so, yeah. It's one of those situations where you've separated. Does Henbit know why you've gone fallow? That's a great question. Yeah, how does this relate directly to Henbit, other than you're just both of a dream? So what I need from Henbit is that I know Henbit is also keyed into the people here, and 
I know that I need, I'm not part of either government, but if I had all of the kind of people that I know and I know Fenbin know together, then we're in a good spot, right? Mm -hmm. But I like the idea of you would find my presence unsettling at best, right? So I would like to say, no, you don't know. And that's worse, right? Yeah. Like, you don't know if this was just a thing that happened to me, maybe? How do you feel about this? You're an older cousin. You're somebody that I knew. Yeah, love it. In my younger years. And when kind of the event happened that, thinking about uh, the lore, the Verdrine were in Xiaomir when the river dried up, and that's part of why the economy still functions there. But... In the Stormtooth, the Verdrine were essentially blamed for the river drying up and forcibly exiled. Or, in your case, in the case of your family, assimilated? And, like, I, I guess that's a black box to me as Henbit. To imagine Henbit showing up and, like, Jack's there. And just having this, oh... I haven't seen you in years. You've gone fallow. You're not dead. You've gone fallow. You are kin. Just like this really complicated mix of emotions that Henbit has yeah. about Jack, but is willing to, at the very least, engage with uh, engage with him. Love it. Okay. I have a question. How many of the Stormtooth Barons are actually fallow kin? Who's hmm? that? No, but I uh, love it. Perfect. We don't have to answer that. That's just the thing that popped in my yeah. head. It's... All right, Zad. What is Henbit's... Well, we know Henbit's relationship to Irene. Irene. Yeah. Uh -huh. What makes that relationship challenging then? We haven't talked in two years. Well, yeah. And Henbit is, is expressly organizing to dismantle the aristocracy. And, you know, we haven't talked... My goal is to take your power away in a certain way, not as a personal grudge against you, but we're just not aligned politically anymore, are we? It's been very awkward to have you around the theater. <laughs> all right. We're all just really awkward around each other. Here's a fun one. Bree, what is Irene's bond to Tristan? And what makes that challenging? What makes that bond difficult? For an answer, Tristan. Okay, him. Yeah. So you've established that his parents supposedly died fighting monsters. Mm-hmm. Okay. What what did you do to kill his parents? <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't. But I know that that's not the full truth. Okay. Whatever that means, I'm scared. What if Blythe made them thralls? Ooh. So I saw what happened, but I am like, part of me is like, you deserve to know, but also, how do you ruin that for somebody? Like, you, you think they died mm. as heroes, fighting for the queen, but they were really just mindless thralls. Fighting for the queen. And what do you need for from Tristan? Yeah, what do you need from him? I think I just need his insight. Irene learned a lot during her two years of captivity and had a lot of time to think about stuff, but there's still a lot that she knows she doesn't know about, especially when it comes to any sort of military tactics. And here's this kid who went to a military school. I need that help. I need that insight. I know that you see farther ahead than I do and I know I'm going to need all the help I can get if I'm going to keep Shamir from falling to the Empire but also I okay. feel bad that I haven't told you about it so it's less uh -huh. of a I feel awkward around you and more of just like every once in a while have the moment of you deserve to know but how do I tell you that imagine you like you came across me at the secret magic school somehow right and yeah you, you might not even have told Tristan you're the queen. You just might be just like a person that visits or whatever, you know? 
you might not even know like who you are in 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 full. Yeah, I've I've gone there off and on because um, I evidently need to work on my magic, given that um, I accidentally ditched play. <laughs> Oops. I'm trying to get more information, and also I think I might have been working on a spell to be able to better get keep in touch with Lita since she can't really come back. Okay. We like this. Because the only other thing I could think was of us awkward exes. If we don't... <laughs> I'm like, I don't think that would work. But that was the only other awkward thing I could think of. Alright, Tristan. What is your relationship to Admiral Jack? Oh, he's just some guy I keep seeing in my visions a lot. For some oh, reason. no! <laughs> just all the time. <laughs> oh, um, oh my! Just constantly. In what context? So many different ones. I'm guessing. Is there a volcano blowing up in the background in these visions? <laughs> <laughs> so, I think like when he sees the future, to see the end of something or the death of something, he needs to you know like take a life. Like he goes hunting, kills a deer. He sees someone else ruining their relationship, like a death of a relationship or whatever, right? It's like a metaphorical life for a life type deal. Mmm. So I think he just, like, keeps seeing Jack die in different weird ways, and it just, like, keeps not happening. <laughs> Jeez, okay. That's fantastic. And what he needs from Jack is, hey, why the fuck are you always in my visions, guy? Also, how are you still alive? How are you not dead? How are you defying fate constantly? <laughs> Great. Does fate also have a sense of humor? Is, is, is the god of fate just fucking with Tristan? I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know. If Rob's cool with that, I don't know enough about Jack. No, 100%. Yeah, no. I mean, you just told me so much about Jack, and I love it. <laughs> All right, last thing, very quickly. Everyone put a minor character in. The minor characters must be part of the kingdom, just like main characters, but they do not have roles and have none of the special authority that roles give to main characters. They might be very important people in the kingdom, but they might not be the center of our story or key decision maker. Try to create someone who would interact with other main characters more than your own to avoid talking to yourself. This is the really important mm. thing. Try to make it so they don't talk to you. If someone's main character leaves the kingdom or dies, we can promote another min minor character to be a new minor character, basically. So these are expendable people. We can kill them. I guess you can kill your mains, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah so I figured everyone's probably got a minor character they'd like to throw in. Yeah, I'm bringing in Urstella. Oh, Urstella's your minor character. Blythe isn't even in the picture. Yeah, because you mentioned like not wanting to talk to yourself. I feel like Tristan might end up talking to Blythe more than one. Okay. <laughs> but Urstella, Urstella can be all over the place. Yeah. I yeah. I like if I do Lena, I'll just be tempted to talk to myself. Uh -huh. Yep. That's what we want to avoid. Hey, it could be a new guy, new friend. The new folks. Um... Now, here's the thing. Once again, I'm a free agent, so if you ever want Lena in a scene or something, I can do it. Mm -hmm. I mean, Leon's also... Yeah, I can also... You can also pat me for Leon whenever you want. Mm -hmm. I had five Leona, or maybe there is another former Luna. Or you could just play a Luna as well, even. Rue. Who knows? Because Irene's a queen. She knows about the Lunas. They, like, worked for her directly, probably. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Uh, playing a Luna would be really fun, actually. Yeah, at least yeah. they used to before Stella joined the coven. I'll say <laughs> mine is Claudius York. Oh, that's right. He survived. He's still kicking for now. Uh, Lena's like, uh-uh, you ain't getting out that easy. Nope. <laughs> I'm drawing a complete blank here. Or the one idea I have is, like, the captain of the Salt Colossus, but don't know if I want to do that. Ooh, that'd be fun. You could also just grab, like, I'm cool if you grab somebody I played before or something. Like, you pitch. Yeah. Pitch for Zad. Please, please, I think please. that'll have fun. Uh, Leviathan Coldest. Okay. Yeah, the head of the Leviathan Cult. Ooh. 
what would a Leviathan cultist be called? Potential plot hole, if I have a Luna with me, why the fuck did, my, did the Luna not break me out? It rejoined you when you came back to the city. Hmm. Because their Stella had been controlling them. Well, somehow your Luna wasn't there when you went on your, your mission. Or just the Scarlet just killed them. <laughs> True. But also a thought. Maybe that's part of the thing. They're, they feel guilty that they weren't there when you got kidnapped. Mm. And they're trying to make it up to you. Also, she might have actually been pretty close to that Luna. One of the only Luna that, like, actually will pop out and talk to them. Mm. She gave them a name. It wasn't just Luna. Have you figured out the name of your Leviathan high priest? Oh, Hobbs. He's not a high priest. Hobbs. Just an adherent. Oh. He's just, He's just a, a member. Just a member. Thank you for listening to GameWoven. Please give us a follow on Twitter at GameWoven, join the Discord, support us on Patreon, and consider leaving us a review on Apple, Spotify, or whatever host you normally use. This week's episode featured me, T.T. Benjamin, at T.T. Benjamin 1 on Twitter, Lex at call underscore me underscore they on Twitter, Brianna at Brianna Jeans on Twitter, Zad at Zadkale Green on Twitter, and Rob at Rob B. Rolling on Twitter.